willing, we'll read verses 27 through 44 this morning. Matthew 27, 27. Let's pray and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you this morning and I pray that our attention would be on you this morning. That we give you our, our ears. That we give you our heart this morning, dear Lord. We come here with stresses and worries and fears and anxiety and just stuff, dear Lord, just stuff on our mind. But I pray in these few minutes, dear Lord, we wouldn't focus on the stuff, but we'd hear from you. God, I thank you that we have the freedom to come here this morning. And God, I pray that even though we may look at passages we've read and we've, we've, we've heard on Easter Sunday a thousand times, dear Lord, there are no better passages than these we see that cover the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, God, I pray that you help us not to zone out today, but to be tuned in to your word. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that you'd take away my pride, that you'd take away my nerves, dear Lord, that I would be faithful to preach and teach your word in a way that brings glory to you. God, I pray that your word would be a blessing to us today. We thank you for Jesus, we thank you that he gave his life for us, and we thank you for raising him from the grave so that we have a reason to come here this morning and celebrate. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Matthew 27, Jesus had been arrested. He had gone through a mock trial and his sentence had been passed by those who hated him. And they yelled, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. His blood be on us and our children, they, they yelled. And Pilate gave in to their request and Pilate washed his hands of Jesus and said, look, you guys do what you want with him. And so they took Jesus off to beat him and to nail him to a cross. And Matthew 27, verse 27 then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into headquarters and gathered the whole company around him. They stripped him and dressed him in a scarlet military robe. They twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and placed a reed in his right hand. And they knelt down before him and mocked him. Hail the king of the Jews! Then they spit on him, took the reed, and kept hitting him on the head. When they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, put his clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they found a Cyrenian man named Simon. They forced him to carry his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means skull place, they gave him wine mixed with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. After crucifying him, they divided his clothes by casting lots. Then they sat down and were guarding him there. Above his head, they put up the charge against him in writing, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two criminals were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, 
The one who would demolish the sanctuary and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He has put his trust in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am God's son. In the same way, even the criminals who were crucified with him kept taunting him. I wonder what was going through Jesus' mind in that moment. Through the pain. Through the beating. Through the mocking as he hung there with nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a crown of thorns on his head, I wonder what he thought as he looked at the crowd. But I don't know that we really have to wonder what he thought because as we look through Scripture throughout the whole ministry of Jesus, I think in some way we know what he thought and how he felt. In Matthew Chapter 9, Jesus sees the crowd and it says that he has compassion on the people because they are like sheep without a shepherd. In Matthew chapter 14, not long after John the Baptist is killed, Jesus and the disciples, they get into a boat and they sail away looking for a remote and quiet place, but when they got there, they didn't find such a place. The crowds were there and they were gathered, lots of people. And Jesus saw the people and had compassion on them and he healed their sick. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus had been preaching and teaching and it says the crowds had been with him for three days and, and Jesus looked out on the crowd and he said, these people need to eat, they're hungry. And Jesus had compassion on them. And he fed the crowds that were there that day. In Matthew chapter 20, as Jesus is in one of the towns that he visited, he encounters two blind men who come to him and they beg him, Lord Jesus, heal us. And Jesus sees the blind men and he has compassion on them. And he touches them and restores their sight. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus is approached by a man who has a skin disease and he is deemed unclean. And Jesus sees the man and has compassion on him and touches him and he is made clean. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus sees a mother, a widow, who's lost her only son and as the casket comes by, he sees what's taking place and he has compassion and he calls to the dead boy. He says, get up. And the boy who was dead is raised to life. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus encounters a man who is possessed by many demons and Jesus frees the man from his demons. And after he's freed, the man comes to Jesus as Jesus is leaving and the man says to Jesus, he says, let me come with you. But Jesus says, no. Jesus says, you stay here. 
and you tell your friends what God has done for you and that God has had compassion on you. And seven times in Scripture that I've found, we see this common theme in Jesus' life, that he has compassion on the people. And so I think that day that Jesus was nailed to the cross and as he hung there, I think Jesus' attitude was no different than it was to the rest of his ministry. That Jesus saw the people that day and he had compassion. And even though they mocked him, even though they had beaten him, even though they had nailed him to a cross, Jesus says, I see that these people need my love. Jesus' view from the cross probably didn't look much different than his view from the ground did. He saw the same people who had the same needs. And Jesus' view of you and I today doesn't look any different either. The same Jesus who had compassion when he walked the earth, the same Jesus who had compassion when he hung on the cross, is the same Jesus who has compassion on you and I today. You see, we are those who are like sheep without a shepherd that are weary and worn. And in John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. We are those who are sick and in need of healing that when Jesus sees us, He brings healing to us. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was crushed for our iniquities, and by His wounds we are healed. Not, not from our COVID and our cancers, but, but something much greater. From the sin that's grabbed a hold of us, Jesus heals us. We are those who are hungry. Not for a double baconator and fries, but we're hungry for something so much greater Something that maybe our souls don't even realize, but we hunger for God. And just as Jesus had compassion to fill those that gathered before him that day, so Jesus desires to fill us. And in Matthew 5, 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We are the blind ones that are going through this world looking for something better, desiring that our eyes would be open. And Jesus says in Revelation 3.18, He tells the people there, Come to me so that you can see. Come to me so that I can restore your sight. We are those who are unclean. We are those who are unclean because of our sin. Isaiah 64, 6 says that all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags before the Lord, that we are all unclean. But the Scripture tells us that Jesus died on the cross so that we could be washed by the blood of the Lamb. We are those who are dead in our sin. But Jesus Christ is the one who makes us alive. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 says that we were dead in our trespasses, but we have been made alive in Christ Jesus. And we are those who are a slave to Satan. 
We are those who have those demons in our life, if we can call them that, that we battle against. And Jesus Christ is the one who died on a cross so that when we come to him, he can free us from our sin and free us from our demons. The same compassion that Jesus had on all of those that we looked at is the same compassion that Jesus had when he was nailed to the cross and it's the same compassion that he has for you and me today. Are you hungering? Are you blind? Ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to, to fill you. Are you weak and weary? Ask God to give you compassion. And Jesus Christ will. He died on a cross to be compassionate and to give you that compassion and the forgiveness of sins. And what did he tell the man who was possessed by the demons, who was freed? The man said, look, Jesus, I want to go with you now. As many of us may look at our world today and we may say, Jesus, I want to be with you now. But Jesus says, nope. Jesus said, you've got a job to do. And he told the man, he says, go and tell others of the compassion that God has had on you. And so it is for us. That's what Jesus calls us to. That's what the scripture calls us to today. Jesus says, come to me. I will give you what you need. I will be your everything. I will forgive your sins. I've died on a cross. I took all of this pain and punishment because I love you. And so Jesus is compassionate today and he wants to give his compassion to you. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. I hope that you would do so. I hope that you would get healing just like all of these that we see in Scripture. Not just in our bodies, but in our souls. That we would be restored. I hope you would experience that compassion of Jesus today for the first time if you never have. But maybe some of you are in this room today and you already are the Lord's. You've already put your faith in Jesus Christ. Then the words that Jesus gave to that demon-possessed man are true for us today. Go and tell the world of the compassion that God has shown you by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And so Jesus gives us the same command. In Matthew 28, He says, Go tell the world about me. I'm summing it up. Go tell the world about me. Go make disciples. Go let people know about my power, about my love, about my sacrifice, about my blood that was shed on their behalf so that they can be forgiven. I want to tell you today, I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what your struggles are. But maybe today you need Jesus. I can guarantee you if you've never put your trust in Him, you need Jesus. And for those who are already His, maybe today the situations and the struggles of your life have gotten you off track and you've turned your eyes from Jesus. But I encourage you today, as we think about what Jesus did on that cross, that we look to that cross this morning because there is no other place we can look. There is no other place we can look that's going to make our life whole, that's going to give us the strength that we need, and there's going to be forgiveness of sins other than the cross of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful compassion Jesus showed for us that day that he hung on the cross. And I hope that you have experienced the compassion of Jesus Christ in your life 
today. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. And God, we've only scratched the surface. And all the stories and scriptures we look at today, God, we have, we have only scratched the surface of the greatness of Jesus. But God, the greatest thing that Jesus could have ever done was to die on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And so God, we come and we praise you for that today. God, I pray that, that through these stories of Jesus, that everybody in here knows his love and compassion. And I don't want them just to know it, dear Lord. I want them to feel it. God, compassion is not just a feeling, but it's something that if we really feel it, we live it out, God. And Jesus did that in, in the greatest way that it possibly could have been done. God, he gave his life. That's, that's compassion. And so, God, I pray that if there's one in this room that has never felt that compassion, that they'd feel it today. God, maybe there's some in this room and they, they're yours, but maybe they just need to be reminded of how much you love them. Maybe they just need to be reminded that, God, you have the power to heal sickness. That you have the power to get us through whatever. And God, so many of these people we see, they come to Jesus, they seek Jesus, and every time Jesus has compassion on them. And so God, if there's things going on in our life today, just let us seek Jesus so we can feel your compassion. So that we can leave here with more joy than we came here with. And God, I pray that each person in here has been blessed by the reading of your word. And I pray that it has been for your glory. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.